Hey guys, welcome to episode 20 of Lifelong. Oh my gosh, can't believe we're already at episode 20. This has been so fun so far, and I thank you tremendously for sticking around for all of these episodes and listening to all of my fabulous guests, as well as my solo episodes. This week, I'm bringing on an expert in the field of ozone therapy. For those of you following me on Instagram, on my Holistic with Heidi account, at Holistic with Heidi, you might have seen that I've been trying ozone therapy for myself. And there are a lot of different applications and uses and modalities for this super healing gas. And I figured since everyone was reaching out to me in my DMs when I was posting about this, that why don't I bring on an expert in ozone therapy? So I went right to the source and I contacted the Ozonaut, aka Micah Lau, of Simply O3, which is an ozone company where they sell ozone generators and different ozone products so that consumers can purchase these products safely and affordably because typically these kind of things were very expensive. So his company is solving that problem of accessibility, which I love, and that's super important to me and my mission as well. Before starting Simply O3, Micah was helping his dad develop equipment for ultraviolet blood irritation, which was used for infections and chronic disease. This business took off with recognition from Harvard Medical by Michael Hamblin. A few years later, Micah dropped out of nursing school and quit his work on the ambulance, and he started to develop equipment for a new therapy, ozone therapy, because there was a need for a less expensive, stable unit that people could use at home. Ozone therapy had a synergistic effect to UBI, or ultraviolet blood irritation, so it was a great fit for him because he understood it so well. Now owning Simply O3, Micah is trying to educate everyone about the wonderful uses for ozone and really just trying to educate folks on different therapies like such. You can follow him on Instagram at micah for health or you can go to their website, simplyo3.com. And those links will be in the show notes. So with that, let's get started and welcome Micah Lau. Hey, Micah, how's it going? Good. How are you? Doing well. So excited to have you here today and to talk about ozone. Um, My audience has been following along on my journey with ozone and doing ozone injections in my mouth at the dentist. Um, We can get into that a little bit later, but I'd love for you to start out sharing about your story and how you got started in this because I think it's a very inspiring story and everyone should definitely hear it. So can you please start by sharing that? Yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's interesting because growing up, we always had more of a natural kind of bent towards things as far as my family, right? So my parents were very much like, you know, they did laundry without a washer and dryer. We did all the dishes, like that kind of stuff, you know, living on what felt like a farm, but not quite. But we didn't really have a natural bent towards medicine yet. And then uh, my brother was diagnosed with a terminal brain cancer 
Um, and he went through the Johns Hopkins system, kind of just doing all the things that they suggested. And it really seemed like he was a guinea pig. That seemed like he was because it was a rare form of brain cancer. So they're like, hey, we want to try this new thing. And there was just all sorts of questions around that. And there was even one situation where they wanted to try a new drug with him that one of the studies showed that genetically it didn't work for some people unless they had a certain genome type. So, and they didn't even test them for that. They just wanted to do the drug anyway, you know? So mm -hmm. it was kind of like, well, this isn't helping. His cancer wasn't getting better. His quality of life is diminishing. So that really fueled my dad's research uh, into natural medicines. And he was kind of a serial entrepreneur. So um, he got into something called UBI because he heard about that from somebody at our church and it was working with all these crazy infections like sepsis and rabies. And it was used out in the bush in Africa. And that's how he heard about it through a missionary. Um, but he got really intrigued with that. Um, it was in the natural world, wasn't necessarily good for brain cancer, but because of all his research and that kind of stuff, he really wanted to go into that sphere. So they started a clinic using the ultraviolet blood irradiation, which miserably failed. And around that time, I started working with my dad. I was going to school to become a nurse. And uh, we, even though the clinic failed, the good thing that came out of that is that we had been working on developing the equipment, making it better, getting more energy into the blood with this ultraviolet blood irradiation, which is kind of what it does. It works like an auto vaccine. So uh, the light exposes the is exposed to the blood that dismantles bacteria and virus. And then it goes back into the body and the body responds to that with healing. It's like, Oh, I know how to take care of this now. So, uh, as I was working with him, I was talking to all these doctors and going to school and I was really just amazed at the difference in the paradigm between the two things. Uh, so the doctors that I was talking to on the phone, um, that we were working with for, with, for UBI, they were all, all always talking about like root cause and how do we get to the bottom of a disease? And that was like a big paradigm difference from what I was hearing on the other side, which was like, Hey, we don't have a pill for that. We don't know, you know, it, it was all symptomatic coverage. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm sure the stuff that your audiences are aware of, but for me, I was just kind of uh, dumbfounded at like, Hey, this makes a lot more sense to go after root cause than the symptomatic coverage for the rest of their life. And then just giving them more drugs over time. So I became really intrigued with ozone therapy because these doctors were also talking about ozone therapy. And at the time, uh, it was pretty expensive for somebody at home to get started. And there was not a lot of good information about it. So uh, I started to develop equipment with an engineer that I worked with and we made, solved some problems, made it a lot cheaper, about a quarter of the price. And then I was talking with people on the phone about ozone therapy all the time. So I would answer all these questions. Um, I would get questions I didn't know the answer to, and then start to research. And then eventually I was talking to people so much that I couldn't really do anything else. So I was like, well, I have to figure out a way to talk to more people at the same time. So I started doing videos, created a website, started putting out education surrounding ozone therapy and just trying to break it down in a way that's easy for people. Cause there was a, there's really a lot of research on it, but there's not a lot of resources that take that research and make it easy to understand and easy to digest or that kind of thing. So that kind of became my journey into ozone therapy. Wow. That is such an amazing story. And it's, it's crazy, but it's also, um, very common, unfortunately, to 
you know, be dealing with some extreme illness like cancer or something like that and just really having no options when you're in that Western model. And then to be studying, excuse me, to be studying within kind of the Western model as a nurse and then also being exposed to the like complete opposite, it must have just been super eye-opening and motivating to pursue this path that you're on. So that makes really a lot of sense. Thank you for sharing. Um, As far as like root cause and all that, that's so cool that you got to meet so many people that were interested in root cause because I consider myself a root, I take a root cause approach when working with my clients as well. And not, not everyone understands that. A lot of people just think, oh, you just put a bandaid on the problem and on the symptom and then it'll, it'll get better, but then it doesn't. It manifests in other ways. So getting to that root cause, super, super important. Um, as far as ozone, I want to like keep breaking this down because there is a lot to it. For those that are, I, I guess, unfamiliar with ozone, um, for example, I started posting stories on Instagram when I would get before and after I got these ozone injections in my jaw, kind of preventatively treating um, cavitation mm-hmm. from wisdom teeth removal, which I'm sure heard of because ozone is so amazing at at treating that. But what are some other, I guess, uses for ozone and why is it so beneficial? Like break it down as much as you can. Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, I'd want to say that based on the training that I was going through and a lot of the doctors I talked with, it was quackery, right? So that was, (laughs) that's the paradigm difference, you know, and that's really what drew me to the circle. I I shouldn't say the thing, but it was a element because a lot of things are written off as quackery or just as bogus or, you know, because the FDA doesn't sanction something and they have all their own incentive structures and different things and reasons they do the things that they do. But it was like, there wasn't really a good answer beyond this is quackery. It causes X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, if water is great, if you drink it, but if you drown yourself, it's also bad, (laughs) you know? So (laughs) they're not taking like the context. They're not looking at the literature and just kind of writing it off. So it's like found that kind of interesting. Like how could something with over 2000 medical studies, a lot of double blind placebos, it's accepted by over 20 countries around the world as a, as an intervention for a lot of different things for chronic fatigue syndrome, for, uh, clinic clinically it's used for cancer, Lyme, mold, autoimmune diseases. Uh, just this wealth of information is there and people tend to write off ozone. And I think the reason, and I'll get into kind of the benefits in a sec, but the, mm-hmm. the reason it's written off is because we know about ozone as a pollutant or like the ozone layer. So it's a gas, right? O3. Yeah. So it's a molecule that's a gas uh, and it's O3, which is close to oxygen, which is O2, but it reacts very differently than oxygen does. The one thing you can't do with ozone, and this is well known, this is not argued by people like me who are proponents of ozone therapy, um, is that you can't breathe it. So you can't breathe straight ozone gas because there's no antioxidant defenses in the lungs. So we have antioxidant defense mechanisms that protect us from oxidants, but in the lungs, they're not present. 
So with ozone, if it gets into the lungs, it basically causes irritation. Um, if you were to take a really high dose, it can be somewhat damaging. Um, but you know, that's, it's basically, you don't want to be in prolonged exposure at high doses. And by prolonged, I mean like eight plus hours a day for a long period of time, like over mm -hmm. the course of months. So those are the areas that we know that it's bad. I mean, small amounts of ozone into the lungs probably aren't going to have a negative effect, uh, that kind of thing, but it's something that can be used in pretty much every other area of the body. So it can be used rectally, vaginally, intravenous ozone therapy into the ears, onto the skin. And it has a different mechanism of action because the antioxidant defenses are there and it interacts with those. And then it causes what's called a cascade effect. And with that cascade effect, we have, it's an antiseptic. So it stimulates endogenous hydrogen peroxide in the tissue. So our tissues actually create hydrogen peroxide as a part of the immune system, which is going to help get rid of pathogens. That's why it can be really helpful um, in skin infections and vaginal infections or yeast overgrowth or in the gut. If we have a bacteria overgrowth or dysbiosis, uh, a lot of really beneficial areas there. Um, but as far as breaking down ozone therapy, if it, on a very basic level, we take a small amount of ozone gas and it's mixed with oxygen. It's a pure form of oxygen ozone mixture. And the minority of the gas is ozone. So if you're doing an ozone therapy, like two or 3% of the gas is actually ozone. You don't need more than that. So it's a really small amount. And, uh, the most, the gold standard is the IV form of ozone therapy. So that's when we take out some blood, you mix it with the ozone gas, it interacts with the anti or the antioxidants, and then you put it back into the system. The body responds to that as a small amount of stress. That's called a hormetic therapy. So if we were to put, say, a crazy amount of ozone into the blood, it wouldn't be good for the blood. It would be too much stress, just like you can have too much exercise or you know, too much cold exposure, cold exposure at a low level for like four to 20 minutes, depending on how cold it is, is actually very beneficial for the body. So we recognize hormetic therapies all over, but for some reason it's kind of lost on people when it comes to like ozone therapy or some other options out there. So like you mentioned though, it's used in a lot of different things. It's used dentally it's used dermatologists use it, uh, MDs, DOs, NDs. There's probably around 10,000 clinics across the United States that regularly use ozone therapy and worldwide. It's way, way, way more than that. Um, so there's millions of treatments done every year with their, ther this therapy. And regarding the safety, uh, we know it has a higher safety record than the use of aspirin. So there was a study done where they evaluated, I think it was 300 and either 320,000 or 380,000 treatments. So that's a lot of treatments. And they went through and looked at all the adverse event rates and all the different things. And it had a higher safety record than aspirin. Yeah. And oftentimes if it was administered or if it did have an adverse event, they found that it was due to the use of heparin. So somebody had a, you know, contraindication to the heparin or something. Mm -hmm. like that. So it's a very safe therapy that's used for a broad range of things. And I feel like I'm rambling, so I won't get into the no, benefits. No, you're here. great. <laughs> you're great. Thank you. Um, yeah, it makes sense that people might be a little bit, I shouldn't say freaked out, but 
I don't know, maybe freaked out when they hear ozone because of pollution and the ozone layer. So that makes a lot of sense. But then again, it's like we don't understand the full picture and the context of it. And it's so cool to me, like using myself as a guinea pig in a good way, trying these different therapies and realizing that, oh my gosh, this there's truly something to it. Not only are there studies and, you know, dozens of countries using this and probably have been using it for years, but now I have my own experience as kind of like the validation that this does work. Um, Just a little more on my personal experience when I got the ozone injections in my the sites of my wisdom teeth, which were four spots, um, you know, all upper and both lower. What happened, which I found to be the most fascinating thing, was the inflammation that was where my wisdom teeth were. And I got these removed eight years ago. That completely went down. It like, I used to almost have like, these bumps in the back of my mouth. And I thought that was just normal. For eight years, I thought this was normal. And then after, right away, after just one ozone round, and I did three rounds, the inflammation went completely down. And then I had a flat surface and my jaw started feeling like less tension. And there was almost just like less puffiness on my jaw and chin. Um, So I just was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is super anti-inflammatory if it's literally reducing something I've had in my mouth for eight years. And then it just like sparked even more interest, hence me reaching out to you to get you on the podcast. Um, I'm curious about some of these other ways of, I guess, applications. You've shared a bunch. Um, I actually experienced mold illness undiagnosed for three and a half years, which was a beast to deal with, with no answers and being told that I was creating it and I was crazy. Um, So what are some good ways to, I guess, use ozone versus going through all those different uses and applications? What is a good way someone with mold illness could use ozone? Yeah. So there's, if you look up ozone therapy, you're going to see a lot of different application routes and different ways that it can be used, uh, to kind of keep it simple. We'll focus on medical because there's also dental, there's injections for like joints and then there's, um, why am I for, oh, cosmetics. So like, I do want to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so we'll focus on medical. So when you're thinking of like medical applications of ozone therapy, I'm thinking like either biohacking, like, Hey, I want to be as optimized as I can possibly be, or I'm an athlete, or there's some sort of chronic disease that I'm trying to remediate. Um, and then from there, there's another two categories. There's ozone therapy treatments that have a local effect, meaning that they don't extend to the entire body. So if I do like an ear insufflation, that might be good for head indicated infections. So nose, throat, ears, infections. Um, but it's not necessarily going to give me the systemic benefits of like microcirculation improvement, uh, oxygen efficiency improvement, uh, some of the detoxifying, some of the total body anti-inflammatory kind of stuff. Um, and then there are systemic treatments and there's really, there's th- three of those that I've always talked about, and there's one more that there's some interesting research coming out on, but the three that are tried and true are rectal, vaginal, and IV ozone therapy. 
So again, we're taking a small amount of ozone oxygen gas. Um, when you put it into the rectum or vagina, it's just like you take like 200 to 400 mLs, which might be, I don't know if this is a video, but like a cup this size, a bit smaller than that, okay. um, you know, of gas. And it's just insufflated into those areas. Um, the cool thing is with like rectal insufflation, which I think is the best way to apply it overall. Uh, one, it's like super cheap. It has the same effects as IV ozone therapy, probably not quite as strong. And then it has some gut uh, benefits to it as well. Whereas the IV ozone therapy isn't quite as strong in that area. And, you know, the gut imbalances and all the different things, the, the insults that we're, we're exposed to can be really detrimental to health. So your gut is super important. Um, so yeah, the small amount of gas is put in there and you don't need to hold it like an enema, you know, like a, with a coffee enema, mm. you're supposed to hold it 15, yeah. 20 minutes ozone because it's unstable and wants to revert back to oxygen. And this is why you have to make it on site. So you need like an ozone generator and an oxygen tank, which sounds intimidating, but it's not once you kind of see the setup um, because it, it wants to revert back to oxygen and it does that pretty quickly. So if I filled up my cup with ozone gas, which obviously it would just go into the air, but let's say it mm -hmm. stays in the cup, yeah. it would turn back into oxygen within a couple hours and there wouldn't be any ozone left. So uh, it usually needs to be used right away. Um, but yeah, it, with the gut, if we put it into there, it has a, because of that factor, it has a very quick reaction time. So within milliseconds, the ozone interacts with the gut lining, it reverts back into oxygen. And then the gut lining absorbs what's called these lipid peroxides and superoxide dismutase. And that is taken to the portal vein up to the liver and throughout the body. So there's actually this uh, GI specialist that I've talked with uh, has worked with like all sorts of liver diseases too, because it absorbs through the mucosal wall into the portal vein and has uh, tremendous benefits to the gut, to the liver, and to the whole body. Oh my God. Like gold. <laughs> so many uses and it's, it, I shouldn't say shame. I guess it's kind of a shame that not every doctor not every practitioner is is using this or aware of it but hopefully in the coming years there will be more of a wave and more people doctors and practitioners using this do you think that that'll happen or do you think ozone will still kind of stay kind of on the dl or where, where do you see it going in like five years uh, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, my long-term goal is to see it FDA approved. So I think the area to do that will be through dentistry because it's pretty easy to show it as an antiseptic and to do it. Um, it's just basically the cheapest route to get FDA approval because you need like 50 to $150 million or more. I mean, some people spend up to $500 million getting FDA approval because of all the bureaucracy. So it's super, super expensive to get through the FDA. The problem with ozone therapy is that it's so cheap because once you have a generator and an oxygen tank, uh, well, they're not going to like that. <laughs> yeah. You just spend a thousand bucks and then every six months you have to refill your oxygen tank for $15. So it's like, how do you get hundreds of millions of dollars to show this therapy. So, um, yeah. I think FDA approval would be the best route. I just don't know how realistic it is. I, you know, I'm kind of working towards that slowly. Um, not that I'm taking the practical steps for FDA approval yet, but I think that's kind of in the back of my mind, like, how can I make this happen? So 
Well, the awareness, um, th- you know, and education you're sharing is a major step. Yeah, but there's just so much pushback. Like even before this thing, I was kind of getting annoyed because I upload on Instagram, which is where we came across each other. And you mm-hmm. kind of get people who just, uh, you know, are a talking mouth and just say, it's not FDA approved. Oh, it's a trolls. toxic substance. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I don't think they're trolls. I think they're well-intentioned in some sense, like that they they see something out there and they don't want other people to do something that's dangerous, but it's hugely misinformed. It's like, you obviously haven't read any literature on this. And so I've yet to come across somebody who's highly educated on the literature of ozone therapy and is overall a detractor of it. So there's some people that might say like, hey, if you're in such and such a state, you want to start with just this form of ozone therapy and start really slowly so we don't induce a Herxheimer reaction. But overall, if somebody is well-read on the literature, I have yet to find somebody who's like, I'm really against this. And I've come across some people who are detractors, but the problem is that they don't go against like people who are like, have a lot of good scientific basis on it. Usually they grab, there was this guy on YouTube named Rick Buck who put out a video on ozone therapy, which was probably one of the most damaging videos for it out there. Mm. But he was saying like, ozone therapy is a panacea. It cures everything, you know, it works with AIDS and cancer and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, that's not true. It's a helpful tool in the tool belt. And I'm not trying to make this interview sound like it's, you know, the end all be all by any means. So if you're doing mm-hmm. mold tox, you know, you have mold toxicity, right? You have to have your binders. You have to have your detox. You have to have exactly. all your things in place. Holistic. And, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just a tool in the tool belt that's can be really helpful. And there's a few things like I would say skin infections. Um, and I personally had like a infected cat bite that started traveling up my arm. And I, oh. I did go to a doctor and say like, Hey, I want to have some antibiotics, but I didn't end up using them because I was just doing the ozone and hydrogen peroxide and it remediated it. And it was like, that's cool. that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, this obviously works. Like you yeah. have a very obvious infection on the skin. We put ozone around it and it's gone, but yeah, yeah I, I don't know exactly where it's going to land in the next five years. Um, as far as like how many, there's probably about a thousand doctors a year that are being added to ozone therapy. Like, so they're adding it to their clinic or in some way using it. Um, and then as far as people doing ozone therapy at home, uh, with my knowledge, I would guess that there's probably about 15,000 generators that are sold, 15 to 20,000 generators that are sold every year to people that want to do ozone therapy at home, um, somewhere in that ballpark. So it is gaining momentum. And that's about seven times bigger than it was like six, seven years ago. Um, so it's, it's grown. Well, that's good. <laughs> Trending upwards. Well, COVID had a big part of that because um, in Italy, you know, they got hit pretty hard with COVID and, you know, our institutions uh, handled pretty much Mm. everything wrong. (laughs) But save that for another day. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a long discussion in and of itself. But um, this this therapy uh, has a huge scientific following in Italy. So there's a ton of scientists there that are really well studied. The father of ozone therapy um, was at the University of Vienna, I believe. 
um, and a professor there, a researcher there. And there's a number of professors at the universities. You can actually get like a PhD in ozone therapy there. So there's, um, yeah, so there's, there's a ton of scientific basis for it, but COVID really helped with the popularity of ozone therapy because they did some research on COVID and they were able to publish some results. And then the government gave them, I wouldn't say the green light, but the yellow light to use it where they said like, Hey, you can do this and we're not going to punish you for doing it, but we're not going to put it in a protocol for COVID, you know, that kind of deal. So they had some really good research on it and long haulers too. So chronic fatigue syndrome, it's pretty well studied as uh, there was one study where they showed a 70% improvement in about 80% of the patients with chronic fatigue syndrome. So that's, that's pretty huge for somebody that's been facing like those things for a long time. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of the overview of where it sits and where it might be going. Interesting. Well, that's one good COVID. And very interesting that Italy, of all places. <laughs> um, I have a question about totally from a few, a few questions ago sparked it. So if ozone cannot be inhaled into the lungs, you know, in general, small amounts, maybe you'll be okay, whatever. But in general, it's not great in your lungs. Is there any way because you can get it into your body other ways and it travels? Is there any way that ozone could benefit someone like going back to mold illness? A lot of people have respiratory issues, difficulty um, breathing, chest tightness, things like that. Is there any way ozone could help that or not really because you can't get it into the lungs by inhalation? Uh, so clinically they can do, they can do what's called boo, which you bubble the ozone gas through oil. It creates peroxides and then you can breathe those. They're safe to breathe. Mm. Um, I know they use that for COPD. It's not very well researched and because I'm kind of going this route that I want to see it one day approved. I really lean on research to be my source for that. Cause I hear anecdotes all the time or how practitioners are using it, you know, especially when yeah. you have access to thousands of people that are using it, you just hear all sorts of stuff. So I know, uh, practitioners will use that boo method for like COPD for lung infections, for lung cancer, uh, not to say it necessarily erases those things, but that it helps with like the symptoms and helps the body to heal up and that kind of thing. Um, but I wouldn't know specifically with like mold toxicity, how it's going to help with the breathing. Now, if you're doing like IV and if you're doing like the rectal and vaginal, it is improving microcirculation, which is really important for gas exchange. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds pretty benign, like microcirculation, blood flow, right? And then you see oh, all I like- I've heard of that because of like the PEMF mats and stuff like that. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no. I mean, and you do see all those pictures all the time where it's super easy to show that you improve blood flow quite honestly. So if you do like or sauna therapy, if you exercise, there's all sorts of stuff that improve like all around blood flow, uh, the PEMF. Um, and you'll often see pictures where they have like a dark field microscope, which shows the red blood cells before and after, uh, the difference with ozone therapy, it's more on a cellular level. So it's actually upregulating things that allow the blood to flow more freely. So like in our, in our, um, capillaries, they get so small that red blood cells can't fit through them unless they bend and fold. So you have to get like, you have to upregulate the mechanisms that help that happen. So ozone therapy does that. And then it also makes it 
easier for the blood to be able to offload stuff and take stuff on. So it, like I said, it sounds benign, but what this means is your cells are getting the nutrients that they need and they're getting rid of stuff that they have in them. So toxicity yeah. byproduct buildup from creating energy, all that stuff. So it is super important, the microcirculation. And I usually don't hit on that point a ton because I think it's just people are just like, Oh, circulation. And they don't really understand like the ramifications of it. Um, well, it's like really cellular healing though, too, which is powerful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's really, everything works on a cellular level. Uh, right. But I, I think with ozone therapy, you have like the evidence and the proof that it does like the oxygen efficiency portion, it actually upregulates your metabolism by making your use of oxygen more efficient. So metabolism is essentially the process by which we create energy, right? So ATP, yeah. adenosine triphosphate, and we need that to be able to live, to be able to do whatever we want. And ozone therapy actually improves that process. So that's why like Dr. Frank Schallenberger uses it with type two diabetes, obviously in concert with all the other therapies that he's doing, but it is one of the big ones that he's utilizing. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like it would be beneficial no matter what I guess you're, you're dealing with, um, especially with mold illness, you know, like myself when I went through it. The respiratory symptoms were a big part of it, but even being able to get an IV, you know, of ozone into my body, that would likely just improve so much of my health and maybe improve some of the breathing difficulties and tightness just because systemically there are good things going on other in other parts of my body and, you know, it probably balances yeah. out. You know, I just have been around this stuff and know it maybe a little bit more than the next guy about ozone therapy. But yeah, and I think it raises a red flag when, you know, it's like, you know, this works for X, Y, and Z. It works for so many different things. That's not real. We have very linear thinking when it comes to therapies. We think like one indication, one therapy or one therapy, one indication, you know? So we like to see like, um, this cream works just for acne. But with ozone therapy, the thing that you have to understand is that it's not the ozone that's really doing the work. It's a stimulus to the body. So because it's a hormetic therapy, basically you introduce it to the body and the body responds with balancing and healing on a, you know, kind of a basic level. So when you are doing that, you're essentially just upregulating the body's ability to work, you know, and if you're getting the better blood flow, you're getting the better oxygen efficiency, uh, you're getting the immune modulation effect, which it does have. Uh, those are kind of the three big ones. You're really just getting the body to perform better. And that's the thing with ozone therapy is that I'm not putting ozone into the body and the ozone's going around and doing all this work. It's a stimulus for the body to work better, just like exercise, just like eating healthy, just like all that kind of stuff. So that's why oh, it's cool. used in so many different areas. And once you kind of understand that, it makes a little more sense. And, you know, that's, that's why it's used so broadly for all sorts of stuff. Yeah, no, that's super. Thank you. <clears throat> um, my other question, cosmetic, um, how are dermatologists? What are some other applications for ozone and has cool things to do with ozone regarding skin. Yeah, I'll get into ozone oil in a second because that's definitely like the easiest, most accessible and most common way that it's used in like 
skin conditions or oral conditions. Okay. But as far as like, if you're to go into a clinic, um, they can mix it with PRP and that release that stimulates the growth, growth factor, um, production from the platelets. So the platelets essentially release more growth factor up to eight times. So PRP is platelet rich plasma. That's, you know, we do an IV on you, pull out some blood, spin it down. And now we have the stuff that's going to help the body and the skin to repair. So they can take that and re-inject it back into wrinkles and different things. It's like a, uh, again, you it's just stimulating your body. Microneedling with that. Yep. Yep. So it's mixed with the PRP. Some people do ozone directly into the skin, but I wouldn't say that's super common. Uh, the big one, the big pain point that it can be pretty helpful with is if you have like scars that are painful or like, cause some people like have surgeries or like a car wreck or something. And that scar actually like is pulling on all their fascia mm. and all their stuff. And it can be really painful. So they can actually take a little needle and put some ozone gas into it and just go right below the scar and start to just inject all these little points, uh, in the scar and around that scar. And it helps to break the scar down and gets rid of some of the coloring, some of the pain, some of the size. So it can be pretty helpful for that. Now yeah. with ozone oil, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I've actually always, you know, had acne and like big, like points that are painful and that kind of stuff. I actually had one pop up yesterday. Um, and then I put some ozone oil on it, uh, just this morning, I'll probably do it one more time. And by tomorrow it will not even be noticeable. And so it's really cool. Um, what ozone oil is able to do. So ozone oil is created when we infuse ozone gas into an oil, and then it creates peroxides. We call it ozone oil. More accurately, it would be peroxide oil, but everybody calls it ozone oil. So that's really useful for skin applications. You can use that for beauty, for acne, for wrinkles, for eczema, for psoriasis. Um, it's used for like MRSA, like really, that's actually where it came from is people were using it for like really strong infections, like wounds, non-healing wounds, MRSA gangrene. And then they're like using it because it's so helpful for that stuff as, and definitely over antibiotics because antibiotics are harmful for the system. And we have this weird disassociation with the skin and our body where we don't think that putting something on the skin is absorbed into the entire body. But I would encourage people just to look up steroid cream withdrawal. That tells you like our entire system responds to whatever you put onto the skin, whatever you put in your hair, whatever you put on your face. So that's makeup, shampoo, lotion, sunscreen. Yeah. In fertility clinics too, I know that they can't wear perfumes and things like that because it can get and screw with people's hormones. So products that touch your skin are very important. <laughs> I know it's really bizarre. And I, I would admit that I had that disassociation for a long time where it's like, oh, it's just on the skin. It's just like right there. You know, I can see it. It's not going to be absorbed. Um, but it, you know, we don't have that thought about transdermal patches, like transdermal testosterone or estrogen or, you know, whatever. We don't have that thought about nicotine patches. We don't have that thought about, you know, all the different stuff you can put on your skin for a systemic, um, effect, but everything you put on your skin is going to have a systemic effect because your body doesn't know itself as the part and only knows itself as the whole. So with anyway, that was kind of a digression on antibiotics that like, hey, even the topical stuff is probably not the best for you. So if mm -hmm. you have like a, my mom always used to have like a triple antibiotic ready for 
you know, if you got cut and it started to get infected, you just throw, throw that on there. Well, now yeah. we just need ozone oil because it's really, <laughs> really mm. good. And it's synergistic with the body, meaning that it's not like destroying your biome, not causing some sort of terrible withdrawal effect like the cortisone creams, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's a stimulus to your body that your body responds to. It's not the ozone oil doing the work. Um, but they did an interesting study on ozone oil that actually showed that it's able to stimulate collagen regeneration. So mm. collagen is the thing that makes our skin look nice, right? Yeah. It's the thing. And beyond that, it's, uh, it's super important for a host of things. And that's why like drinking, uh, like city water or municipality water is probably one of the first things to get rid of because almost all of them have fluoride in it and fluoride breaks down collagen. Collagen is responsible for making proteins or a big part of it. It's not the only thing, but it's a huge part. So if you drink fluoride, even at small levels, and it starts to break down collagen that leads to premature arthritis, that leads to neurodegenerative diseases, all sorts of stuff. And there's, ah, shoot, I can't remember the name of the book now. It might, it's not, okay. it's all, it's by Hal Huggins, I think, um, okay. but on the topic of fluoride. But yeah, with ozone oil, um, stimulates collagen growth. It's an antiseptic, again, by causing endogenous hydrogen peroxide production. So that means that when you put the ozone oil on your skin, it does have some peroxides in there, which are able to get rid of bacteria and pathogens, but it also stimulates the skin to create hydrogen peroxide, which it naturally does. It's a defense mechanism we have. So oh, this just upregulates it. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of cool. Like you think of hydrogen peroxide in the bottle, but your body actually makes it too. Same with ozone. Your body actually, the immune system uses ozone as a uh, defense mechanism in the body. Huh. So there's, there's all these cool molecules that our body utilizes it. And it's really just incredible everything it can do, but ozone oil is helpful for that's so it's essentially doing two things. It's stimulating healing. So more growth factor, more collagen, and then it's killing pathogens. And that's the two things that ozone oil does. So it's used wow. in beauty care, medically, all sorts of stuff. We use it kind of religiously, like it's, um, you know, infected wounds, diaper rashes, uh, eczema, psoriasis, which my kids, they have eczema and you have to work with the root cause on a lot of this stuff. If you have acne, if you have eczema, um, you know, you have to quit the insults, quit the bad food, quit the, the lotions, the shampoos and all that stuff that's causing a reaction. But with the flare ups, it can be really helpful. Um, and even if you just get 70, 80% good, you know, you're living your life like 80% good diet, 80% good exercise, 80%, you know, all those stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, it can be really helpful for a lot of stuff. Wow. That's awesome. I need to try the there, ozone, especially the ozone oil when I get like a pimple. There actually is one more thing I forgot about that. I did want to talk on about that and I'm sorry, but I do no, think this part is important, which yeah. is the production method of the ozone oil is important. Um, and the reason is, is because a lot of companies use a heated production method, which makes formaldehyde in the oil. And this is studied. Yeah. A lot of like laboratories can do analysis on it and find formaldehyde. Uh, in Europe, the manufacturers are a little bit more ahead of the curve because like I said, with like Italy and some of those yeah. other countries, they've been studying this for a long time. But for some reason in the United States and in Canada, uh, almost every single company uses a heat production method for ozone oil, which creates formaldehyde. And again, your skin has a mouth, so you don't want it on your body. Yeah. Um, and 
It's not that they're adding heat to the process. It's just by nature of infusing ozone gas into oil, it's creating heat. So it's not just the absence of heat that you need in the production process, but you actually need a cold production process. So I hope to see kind of the industry change in the next two to three years. And the way you know that it has formaldehyde in the oil is if it has a paste-like consistency, like Vaseline or like petroleum jelly, and it comes wow. in a jar. That, that tells you that heat was used to make that oil. So if it is under cold production, it'll actually retain the same consistency as that base oil. So if it's olive oil and you ozonate it under the cold production process, it'll have the same consistency or very close to normal olive oil. Oh, wow. That's good to know and a good tip. I mean, I, the last thing I want to be putting on my skin is formaldehyde, especially thinking, oh, I got this wonderful, you know, ozone oil. It's going to help me. It's beneficial. And then it has formaldehyde in it. So very important yeah. point. And probably, you know, the scope of that issue, I can't say like, you know, it's going it, to, it's not going to kill you if you have the paste one. But my line of thinking is like, if it does have formaldehyde in it, wouldn't you rather have one without it? So that's, I would, <laughs> um, that's the whole thought process on it. And, you know, I, I've worked with this stuff for eight years. We used to, all the doctors I learned from that, you know, were from the generation before me of ozone therapy said, if it's not a paste-like consistency, it's not ozonated enough. Well, that actually meant that heat was used and it created formaldehyde, which thickened the, the oil. It didn't have anything to do with the strength because if you do it under cold production, we can actually measure the amount of peroxides in the oil. And we know wow. that it it's, it's actually stronger than if you use a heat production because by the heat production, you're, you're, uh, eliminating some of the carbon chains that it can tie to essentially. Oh. Anyway, long story short, if it comes in a jar and has a paste like consistency, it has formaldehyde that you don't want on the skin. I don't know. And if you're using, um, ozone oil on the skin, let's say on a breakout or something, can you have, can you put another product on top of it? Let's say you have like a you know, very clean, non-toxic moisturizer or whatever, or do you need it to kind of on its own? Uh, you could layer it if you wanted to. I mean, I actually put on some, like I said, I had some ac acne that kind of broke out here yesterday. So I put on some this morning, uh, probably 20, I'm, I'm, I'm Pacific time. So 20, 30 okay. minutes before this interview and it's not it absorbed pretty well. You know, I'm probably a little bit more of a oil base than I normally would carry, but it's not super noticeable, uh, absorbed within about 30 minutes. Oh. Um, but yeah, you can, you can layer on other stuff if you want to, there will be some oil residue. Um, but your skin absorbs that. So you, if you're doing it for like beauty, you take a few drops of this stuff. It only takes like five, six drops for the entire face. Wow. And, uh, you just rub it in for like 60 seconds as well as you can. Same for, uh, eczema, psoriasis and those things for flare ups, uh, probably like twice a day, just rub it in well, uh, for wounds and like infections that are more serious three times a day, rub it in if you can. But a lot of times an infected wound, you don't really, it's uncomfortable to rub it in. So just do as good as you can. It doesn't have to, but it's better absorption if you can. Um, and then you can use it dentally for oil pulling, uh, because there's infections that get, you know, into the teeth and the oil pull pulling essentially gets down deep into the tooth so that we can get rid of the infection. And if you have ozone oil, it has the added peroxides, which are a strong antiseptic. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
done it with coconut oil, so got to try it with oat oil. <laughs> yeah, and it does have a funky smell, so a lot of people don't like that. But because of the process, right. um, it has a little bit of a smell to it that um, it does go away. So when I put it on my skin, it's absorbed in, and then you know you just smell normal. But it takes a little bit for it to happen. So like thirty minutes to an hour. Got it. Yeah, I feel like us like very holistic biohacky type people we're we're used to it all as far as like how things smell or how things taste you know it's like i drink a lot of different herbs that taste terrible but they're amazing so yeah i'm fine with anything (laughs) like smelly or whatever i know this Um, water i'm drinking actually has lomatium in it which yeah has an odor too so awesome or even like um apple cider vinegar like hair rinses and things like that that smells terrible but it goes away when your hair dries so but important to note um well this has been amazing thank you is there any in closing are there any i guess resources to share and where can everyone find you sure um i post on instagram so my instagram is micah for health it's kind of like honestly i kind of use it like a journal i do these videos that are a little bit more professional uh especially my stories are just like uh, lately i've just been sitting in the sauna i have nothing to do so i start posting you know stories or whatever (laughs) Um, so you're not gonna get like a consistent theme out of me sometimes it's mindset sometimes it's finances some most of the time it's ozone therapy or health related, but yeah, that's Micah for health. Um, and then as far as resources, if you're interested in getting started with ozone therapy at home or the clinic, uh, there's a guide that we put together that walks through step-by-step everything makes it super easy. There's uh, videos that are a couple minutes long that explain it, that you can see all the equipment, all that kind of stuff. And that's doctorsozone.com slash guide. And that's spelled D R S ozone dot com and then slash guide and then i'll take you to a page that will give you the the guide essentially so those are probably the yeah two resources that i have right now thank you yeah i'll be sure to link that both of those and your website and all of that in the show notes and thank you again yeah thank you i appreciate it